Welcome to the Wing Chun Podcast, the Sifu's Stories, the place where the world's most renowned Sifus share their stories and insights. I am your host, Bogdan Brosho. So we're here with um, Adam Chan from PragmaticMartialArts.com. Hi guys. Uh, Adam, would you please um, give us a small, um, actually share with us your story. How did you actually start Wing Chun? A bit about your background. And, uh, oh, uh, I grew up in Montenegro, Brunswick, and my uh, my dad had a Chinese restaurant. And when I was nine years old, uh, I didn't go to bed one night, and I listened to my dad talk to the workers after we lived in a restaurant upstairs, like most immigrants, right? Right. So I'm listening to my dad talk, and he was talking to the cook, the guys from Hong Kong, and they were arguing about the best fighting style, right? <laughs> so um, my dad said, no, Hongar is the best. Hongar is the best. Choli Pa the best. Yeah. And Jimmy, Jimmy the cook's like, no, Wing Chun's better because uh, it's more direct. It's a shorter motion. You can use the guy's force against him. Right. And that really caught my eye because I never heard that when you're nine years old, right? Yeah. So the next day when he was working, I sneak into the kitchen and I forced him to teach me Wing Chun. I said, hey, you got to teach me Wing Chun. And how did you know I do Wing Chun? I said, I heard you talk last night. So I bugged him for many, many weeks. Finally, he taught me the Siwin Tao. Chain punching, Tan Zhao, Bong Zhao, Dan Zhao. And he just started teaching me Wing Chun. So that was my uh, <laughs> informal informal um, introduction to Wing Chun. But Eventually, he got fired from the restaurant, so I, I, I must, you know, they fired my seafood, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's really yeah. funny because uh, last time I interviewed uh, seafood Alex Richter, and yeah. we were talking about how everybody's looking for that one teacher, that one cook in the restaurant who will teach you Wing Chun, like, uh, you know, <laughs> behind the scenes, yeah. and you're like, you won the lottery, basically, because you were that one <laughs> person who, who found the cook to teach him uh, the system. Yeah. Well, actually, I remember what he said was a small guy can beat a big guy, right? Yeah. So when I heard that, and being a nine-year-old kid, that that shocked me, right? So I, so I started to uh, really bug him for a long time, and you know, I got really lucky, I guess, you know. Yeah. Awesome. But, yeah, I I think you took that philosophy um, a lot into your training. I mean. Guys, if you check out Adam's uh, YouTube channel, for example, you will see a video where he's demonstrating Wing Chun with uh, a, a much, much bigger guy. And um, right after that, you can see the guy's uh, reaction, you know, the way he felt the, um, the explosiveness. So go ahead and check out his, uh, his YouTube channel as well. Cool. So what happened after that? How did you continue your training? I, I didn't. Um, I was nine years old, and um, so I was always trying to learn Wing Chun. Eventually, I saw a poster when I was 11 of a Wing Chun Sifu. So um, it's a very, very small country town. We don't have any martial art there. So when I saw a Wing Chun poster, I was like, how lucky can that be, right? So that's when I joined Wing Chun when I was uh, 11 years old. Uh, Sifu's name was Joseph Borchuk, yeah. Mo Yacht Lineage, and... Uh, mm-hmm. I trained there for about, well, from 11 to 16, on and off, I trained there, but I accumulated only about a year and a half of training because mm-hmm. my dad, my dad being Chinese, he didn't want me to do Kung Fu, right? He wanted me to go to school. Oh, you know, wow. uh, it, 
in the old days, Chinese parents don't want you to do martial art. Right? That's considered only gangsters and thugs do kung fu. Really? You know, they bring their Chinese people bring their sons to do taekwondo and karate, right? <laughs> you know, that's funny. So they yeah. don't they don't want you to do kung fu. So uh, I always sneak to Sifu's house, right? Yeah. After school, I I, I ride my bike to my Sifu's house and I, and I'm you know I say hey I'm here and then so I secretly try to get this guy to teach me but. My my father never wanted me to do kung fu, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you actually um, decide to teach? I didn't. I never wanted to teach. It was an accident. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what happened was uh, I started to train with many instructors in my life, and most of the time I noticed that the training is cooperative. It's like if you get someone to attack you, most of the time it's rehearse. Yeah. It's staged. You, you know, you not you go to boxing, you're only allowed to attack with boxing, nothing else. You go to a Wing Chun school, most of the time, you do Chi Sao, or the guy only attack with Wing Chun. You go to wrestling, you're only allowed to wrestle. But for me, I was more interested in uh, self-defense. Like, what are you going to do if three guys jump you? Right. What are you going to do if a guy pull a knife out? Right. What do you do if the guy's not being cooperative, if he's allowed to attack anywhere you like? So in order for me to find the answer to that, I got some friends, and I already studied Tai Chi, Bagua, Shenyi, Wing Chun, Shaolin. I already studied many stuff, but I wanted to find out if I can make it work when it's non-cooperative, or when it's three guys, or if a guy has a knife. So we started to train together, and I started to modify stuff. Little by little, I realized I was teaching, but I never wanted to teach. It was an accident, right? Yeah. I just wanted people to train with, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember you saying in a video that um, it's very important to pressure to pressure test your training, right? Um, how do you actually do that? How do you implement that in your training today? You know, having more realistic situations, or how can how can everyone listening can uh, make their uh, training a lot more real? You can't make it real. Unless you go through a progression, there's only three ways you can do a martial art. Doesn't matter what martial art. The first way is 100% cooperative, 100% fix. By fix, I mean you know what's the stimulus, you know what's the response. We're gonna do a drill together. You're only allowed to do this. I'm only allowed to do that. That's the lowest level, and it's extremely, extremely important. You have to be able to do that. Right. It's the only way you can bring habit. Once you can do that, we go to semi-random. Semi-random is the next level, which means, okay, now you don't know what's coming, it's random, but we're still going to play nice. There's still going to be a little bit of rules. Right. Chisa would be a very good example of semi-random, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Once, you can, once you can do that, then we talk about full random. Right. Full non-cooperative. So that would be what you're asking, the full random. Most people don't want to do that because it's, well, to give you an example, I once did a workshop. Most people there were teachers, 80% of them quit as soon as it was full random, right? People don't want to feel like they're at risk, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I were to punch you in the head, I say, okay, I'm going to punch you. You do whatever you want. Right. That's very, that's very different than if I have 20 people walking in the room. You don't know which one's going to attack. Yeah. He's allowed to attack your life. He might, he's also allowed to pull a gun out or a knife. And you don't know. Mm -hmm. Or it could be two. It could be three people that are attacking. It could be two people. So, and you don't, you have no idea. 
So now is a very different way of training, right? And uh, I don't think it's for everybody, and I don't think it's that important for most people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember you saying in a video that um, you had a few self-defense scenarios, and um, um, in in the last one, or at least it was the last one in the in that video, which which is I remember to be pretty old. You said that in the last one, you were proud of yourself, that you kept your cool, that you were still relaxed despite the uh, the situation, right? Um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about the emotional side of things? How do you actually get into that state of, okay, I, I defend myself, but I keep a cool head? Well, there's actually like uh, three parts to it, right? And I just filmed a 40-minute DVD on that. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to squeeze all that in in this interview, but I'll, I'll try my best to summarize it for you. Yeah. The first thing you need is conviction. There's two types of fighting. The first type is fighting. The second type is hunting. 99% of martial art right now is fighting. Fighting right. is for the ego. It's just like the animals. When an animal fights his own species, it never kills. It's only for sex. You try to be the alpha male. If death happens, it's an accident. Hunting is different. It's when they fight a different species for food. When death happened, it's by design. There's no fighting. Everything is stealth, right? Yeah. So that's the two main motivations. Humans are the same. When we fight, most of the time it's to get laid. You go to a bar, you see a fight, right? A lot of posturing, a lot of warning. You show people you want to fight. But when it's survival, when it's survival, it's all stealth. Look at the military. They never tell you when they attack. They just attack. Look at the criminal. They never tell you they're going to attack. They just attack. Look at the police. They kick the door open. They don't tell you they're coming, right? So humans and animals are the same. When, if you train for ego, for fighting, if you face a situation very dangerous, you will start crying. Mm-hmm. But if you don't train for fighting, you train for hunting, you train for survival, you train to sacrifice yourself to save someone you love, now you're very strong. That's the difference between confidence and courage. Confidence is useless. You don't want confidence. You want right. courage. So that's number one, right? Number two, in order to in order to be relaxed in a real fight, you have to have confidence. Like if I see someone really big and I'm about to punch him and I go, oh, shit, what if I hit him and, and he doesn't go down? He looks so big. But if I've been training and I'm hitting a 150-pound heavy bag and yeah. I'm shaking it, yeah. when I look at – when I look at his head that's only 10 pounds, automatically I'm relaxed, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I hit this guy and I go, what if he hit me? But if I have closed 100,000 times scenario training non-cooperative and I test it, there's no doubt in my mind that I'll be okay, right? Right. So that is the second thing. But the problem with that, my friend, they're both in the shadow of time. My confidence is always my past confidence projected mm-hmm. into the future. You understand? It's my past confidence projected into the future. It's still not, it's just an assumption. It's not real. The only way you can truly be fearless is to be in the present moment, which means to be sensitive, to be sensitive, to be present, to be calm. The problem with sensitivity is most people think it's only chisa. They think it's touching. Sensitivity is not touching. Sensitivity is punching. Sensitivity is everything. To have stillness and movement in everything you do. Even when you're sitting down, you should be sensitive. That is to study meditation, right? Exactly, yeah. So it's really hard to get into it too deeply. Um, 
because we have a time limit. But yeah, that's very interesting because you know this weekend we filmed some self defense um videos. We didn't focus so much on the what because a lot of people uh, it was for Wing Chun practitioners. A lot of people are training already, but what we did focus on was the mental and um. Yeah, first of all, the mental aspect. And the first aspect was your state. Are you present? Are you in the moment? Are you aware of what's happening around you and in your body, right? And um, yeah, it's very interesting that you said meditation because we were recommending it as well as an yeah. excellent way of being there in the moment and finding the best solution um, to the situation. Um, Adam, where can people find your uh, your DVD? Because it sounds very, very interesting. Um. Actually, I have a website right now. It's www.pragmaticmartialarts.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a monthly subscription site where you get a weekly new DVD series every single week. Mm -hmm. There's over 70 videos on there. There's live webinars on there. My book is on there. Nice. So it's kind of... It's kind of like the Netflix and martial art kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Guys, definitely go go ahead and check out his um, um, Adam's website right after this uh, interview. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> Adam, what's your favorite Wing Chun-related story? My favorite Wing Chun-related story would be, well, there's too many. Um, for me, it's like the one that makes a difference in my personal practice. One of the... Stories that I heard a lot from Jesse Glover, one of my teachers that I studied with really briefly, was when Bruce first came from Hong Kong to Seattle. And this karate guy, who was a fourth degree black belt from Japan, was consistently harassing Bruce, right? Yeah. So after a while, Bruce fought him. At that time, Bruce was uh, doing a lot of counter fighting. By that, I mean like in Wing Chun, the guy attacked Honda, the guy attacked Takta. So you're countering the guy. Mm -hmm. He had very, very, very sharp reflex. He was able to shut down his students quite easily with counterfighting. And his students were not normal people. Jesse was a 14-time judo champion. Mm -hmm. His other student, Ed Hart, was a professional boxer, 240 pounds. Mm -hmm. Bruce was able to handle them easily. Yeah. But when he faced the karate guy and he tried to counter, it didn't work too well. The guy kicked him. Bruce flinched and it got his shirt. It almost got him. So Bruce had to go and uh, he went on to win the fight though, right? Right. But afterwards he realized counterfighting didn't work as well for him as he thought, right? Mm -hmm. So he started developing preemptive closing. So that story was really, uh, it really made an impact on me because a lot of times we follow what the system says or we follow what the teacher said that when you go out to fight, your teacher's not there. Mm -hmm. When you go out to fight, your style doesn't matter. Yep. What matters is, can you make it work, you know? And I think that was a good lesson that drove home, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, same with the other greats like Wong Chun Lung. I mean, the guy has 70 duels. Every time he fought, well, a lot of times that he fight, he modified the system afterwards, right? Right. And I really, uh, I really look up to that. People that are really rigid, really stubborn, that refuse to modify things, I think they have the luxury to think like that because they don't fight. But anybody that fight a lot, Nobody likes getting hit, right? So you change, right? So uh, I'm not saying that's the best way. I'm just saying that made a difference in my thinking, right? Yeah. Awesome. Can you share with us some um, some stories of um, you using Wing Chun on the street? No, I never like to talk about war stories. Uh, 
I'll save that to all the ex-bouncers and tough guys out there. That kind of <laughs> stuff really, yeah, that really turns me off. I, I did have to use my stuff before, but there's nothing yeah. I'm proud of. Yeah. I'm never proud of getting in a fight, right? I tell my students, try not to get in a fight, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, not, not not proud of fighting. Cool. What about a story, Um, one of your favorite Wing Chun-related stories that you were there, like, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that I was there. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite stories was when this uh, Wing Chun master, who I'm not going to say the name of, he said Wing Chun is the best art ever. Mm -hmm. and But he said it in a way that was kind of... Um, kind of putting people down, you know, a little bit. So uh, there was another guy who was a grappler. He stood up and he said, okay, well, if I come and get you, what are you going to do? He said, hey, you go ahead and try. Well, the guy went in, and the Wing Chun guy ended up on the ground, and he got choked out, right? He right. went to sleep. Right, right. When he woke up, I mean, uh, he looked kind of not too happy with himself, but I learned something, right? I mean, one of the things that one of my teachers said is, you have to be an idiot to constantly show people what you do and yeah. expect them not come up with a counter for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Sun Tzu, the Art of War, they talk about know your enemy, know yourself. In a hundred battles, you never lose. Let your let your plans be as dark as night. Strike without warning like a thunderbolt. So it's the same as the military. They never share intel, right? When you go around broadcasting your stuff and telling people how you train and what's your favorite move, that's not smart, right? Yeah. I mean. Certain things you don't really talk about, right? So this guy kind of talked too much. So he basically just told the guy what he what he's gonna do. Yeah. What his opening move is. So the guy took him down and choked him out, and uh, it was kind of a good lesson, right? Because I don't think the guy was a better fighter. He just won because he had so much information, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so once again, our, our ego gets us in trouble, right? Yeah, yeah, man, you know, and I was in this in this position a lot, you know, oh, I am the Sifu and uh, I can fight and stuff like that. But when you put yourself in a position, look, okay, you, you've done martial arts for how many years, but you're still human, you know, and the other guy still has two hands and two legs. Stuff can happen, right? doesn't yeah. matter how many grand, 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 uh, you know, you have yeah. before your name or some, some stuff like that. So, yeah. when you allow yourself or you accept the fact that you can still get knocked out and be humble about it, then, you know, people also see you differently. Yeah, people that, are, people that are very eager to fight usually don't take into account weapons, right? Mm. Real violence is always done with weapons. Yeah. And people that are good with weapons, you never see them coming. Mm. I mean, there's no joke, right? Yeah. And people that think about ego, they think bare knuckle. Yeah, but... You know, in a country, people carry knives, right? Yeah. It comes out fast and they cut you. You're done, right? And I don't think people think about that. The, mo the most dangerous people always attack with weapons. Mm -hmm. luckily, mo luckily, most of them are in jail. Thank God. Yeah. But if I have to put my money on a guy that's dangerous versus a martial art guy, I'm going to put my money on a guy that's dangerous, right? So... I always yeah. tell my students to try to be humble, right? Because the guy that's a criminal, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do chisa with you. He's gonna put a knife in your stomach, right? Mm -hmm. So, because he doesn't care about honor, he doesn't care about anything, and people like that, you have to avoid them, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
But I see a guy in this city. He always wears a T-shirt everywhere he go. Blah blah blah, fighting. Blah blah blah, and he's he's telling everyone he can fight. I'm like, you're stupid. Now the guy's gonna attack you with weapons, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, also, so yeah, <laughs> as well. You know, when people see you that you you know your stuff, they're gonna avoid you, and then uh, their friends are gonna come and attack you with with a club or something. So yeah, you yeah. want to look. You want to look like you can't fight. You want to look like you're useless. You want to look everything opposite. That's why Miyamoto Masashi said, you always put the guy to sleep before you cut him, right? The best samurai. Right? You hypnotize his mind first. Before you lead the body, first lead the mind, right? It's right. like Wing Chen. People talk about the hand, trapping the hand. Forget the hand. Pick the elbow. Then people talk about the elbow. Forget the elbow. Pick the spine. But when you improve better, forget the spine. Forget the center line. Take his mind. When you get better, forget his mind. Take his spirit. Right? That's why in Chinese we say some yi heyun. Like some means the heart, yi means the will, right? Qi means the energy, like means the body. Don't forget the body, read his mind. Right? So if it was a hey, what book should I read for Kung Fu? I said, read Sun Tzu, the art of war, you don't need anything else. L learn this. Yeah. Right? So, How do you take his spirit? I don't take well, that's another DVD that we have to do. <laughs> Well, we talked a little bit about it, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> guys that are really good are really good at, you know, emotions are contagious, right? You can lead someone's emotions quite easily, mm -hmm. right? Maybe in another time we'll talk about it a lot more. Yeah. But um, it's a huge subject, right? Well, you see people play and they go after the hands, right? Right. I, I hear a lot of bonking. In the hands, mm -hmm. but if the guy's good, you touch his hand, you trigger something, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you try to go in in a way that doesn't trigger people's stuff, right? Because you have to be an idiot to assume the guy's no good. What if he's really good? You make the guy put away his training before you move. Mm -hmm. You turn him off. Don't turn the guy on. Turn him off. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting, and yeah, and your only chance is just. Playing with his mind, allowing him to feel that he's in control so he can relax and then you move in. Yeah, make him feel like he's the king of the world, right? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, if you make him feel like he's the king of the world, he'll leave you alone anyways. Exactly. They're <laughs> right? not that smart, right? So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about the Wing Chun community? How do you feel we're... You know, what do you feel that we all can do to uh, contribute to, to the Wing Chun community, to our Wing Chun, so that we get more realistic training, so that our Wing Chun becomes more raw and uh, more simple and, and easier to use, I basically, without all the fluffy political, uh, my seafood did this, or my seafood did that stuff. For me, is I think people have to make up their mind what they want, right? Mm -hmm. if, if someone say, hey... I'm studying Wing Chun to lose weight, or I want to meet some new friends, or I just want to do a hobby. Well, that it doesn't matter. That guy just want to have fun. Leave him alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if someone says, "Hey, Adam, I want to get more realistic," then I say, "Okay, well, what do you mean? Are you talking about fighting? Or are you talking about surviving? Self-defense? If you're talking about fighting, is MMA nowadays? It's 2017, right? Yeah. Absolutely. If you're talking, if you're talking about self-defense, then we're talking about carjacking, rape, home invasions, right? Mm -hmm. 
game jumping, right? Knifing, right? So if you want, I think Wing Chun have to pick a direction. You can't be in the middle and say, okay, we're not a sport, we don't do MMA. Mm-hmm. We're self-defense. If you claim you're doing self-defense, then how come I don't see anybody attacking with a knife, prison style? Mm-hmm. How come I don't, how come I don't see non-cooperative training, three guys attacking one, right? Right. How come I don't see any ambush drills, right? Then you go, well, we don't do that. We don't do reality-based stuff. Okay, then, then what do you do then? You have to answer something. Yeah. If you claim you, if you claim you do self-defense, you have to practice self-defense situation. Or don't make that claim. If you claim you fighting and you want to do sport fighting, then you better get in the ring and figure out how to win against these new guys, the MMA guys, right? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but to stay middle and say, okay, we don't know really, what are you doing then? Right. Wing Chun, Wing Chun is really good, but what are you using it for? Mm-hmm. Every martial mm-hmm. system is really useful. If it is being adopted to the current sociological factors, look at the Wing Chun long pole. That was from the boat. People used to push the boat. Yeah. So that's that's one of China's first improvised weapon, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you take that concept, we can't carry the pole around anymore. It's 2017. So what is the improvised weapon nowadays? An umbrella, a chair, a table, a knife, a extendable like extendable baton. So. If people want to talk about what how to use Wing Chun better, my first question is, better for what? Better for your health? Better for sport fighting? Better for self-defense, right? Mm-hmm. But when, no, just better as well. You kind of have to be more specific. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say so if, if you teach a girl to face date rape situations, that's very different than teaching a security guard that works in a hospital and is not allowed to hit people. Yeah, absolutely. That's Mm-hmm. That's also different than somebody that is worried about three guys jumping them. Yeah. Right? That's very different than facing a guy prison style stabbing, coming at you. We have two stabbing this week in Vancouver. They get the knife out, they run at you fast as they can, and they stab fast as they can. Mm-hmm. Nobody's cheese out with us, you know? So when people say, hey, I want to get good at self-defense, I'm like, when you say the word self-defense, it's a million things. What are we talking about, right? right. So I think it's, it's really good to sit down as a teacher. If you care about your student, get some tea, sit down and have a long conversation. What do you really want? Mm-hmm. And maybe, mm-hmm. right? And for me, that's what I do. And if I think I can't help someone, I send them somewhere else, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think uh, that's very important. I'm not sure if I answered your question properly, but I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. It's a very, very interesting point of view because um, a lot, a lot of people are still clinging to, um, and I, I say that because I was in that situation as well. And uh, okay, that's how we do it. Almost like having um, almost religious faith in what they're doing, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really, I don't want to come across as a non-traditionalist. Everything I do. Everything I do, I owe tradition. I respect the founders. I respect the pioneers. I respect yeah. my seafood. I'm just saying it's good to take a scientific approach. By that, I mean if you have a thesis, you got to test it. If it doesn't pass the test, then it doesn't pass the test, right? Right. So. Awesome. Yeah. If you could share one, only one piece of advice with uh, with your students, what would that be? Um, my first thing is try to do some soul searching. 
to really honestly think about why you're studying martial art. Mm -hmm. There's over 500 martial art on the planet. They all emphasize different things. I'm sure there's something that you can fall in love with. Mm -hmm. Maybe Wing Chun's for you. Maybe it is for you. Mm -hmm. Second thing, show up. That's the best advice I got for people. Show up. Most people, most, not most people, sorry, most Kung Fu style is under extinction right now. There's right. so many Kung Fu style that's dying right now because the new generation don't want to show up and work hard. Kung Fu have now become a hobby. In the old days, Kung Fu means literally skill through hard work. You have to bleed for it. Yeah. Those days are over, but if you want to get good at it, you have to do some thinking. Do you really want to do this? Because it's hard. You know? And uh, if you have that attitude, then no matter what you do in life, you're going to succeed. But if you're not going to show up and you're a flaky, no matter what you do, you're going to fail. It doesn't matter if it's martial art or not, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, you have to fall in love with it first. You know, it's not. It's you're not going to get any kind of results or any kind of um, of joy out of Wing Chun or any kind of martial arts if you don't love it, because it's it's yeah. it's hard. You know, it's hard. Some you'll fail. You'll fail many many times, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. And again, it goes back to honesty, right? The guy's like, look, man, I'm just here to goof off, meet some friends, and have fun. Well, that that guy's fine because he's honest. Right? But the only time we have a problem is when they go, hey, I want to get really good. But then you never see him in class. You never see him practice at home. He's always late. He doesn't like being corrected. He gets mad. He wants compliments. you know. Or the guy that goes, hey, I really want to learn self-defense and be realistic. But then as soon as you put a helmet on him, he runs away and says, I don't want to do the realistic stuff. I want to do cheese stuff. Well, okay, lying is the only time we get in trouble. right? If the guy's honest, Honesty is the number one trait you need to get good at anything, including martial arts. Yeah? So a long conversation is very important with yourself and with your students. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I find that as, a, as being a very, very wise point of view because if you take that, for example, in your work, do you really enjoy your job, right? Are you really happy with what you're doing? So it's, it applies to everything. Are you being honest with yourself? Yeah. Awesome. That takes time, all right? I mean, that takes time. We all have blind spots, you know. We're, we're, in, this, we're in a classroom called life, right? You know, we're all learning. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Guys, go ahead and uh, check out check out uh, Adam's um, website, pragmaticmartialarts.com. Um, for those of you who don't know, and probably most people don't know, the first time I wrote my first ebook, the ebook that you're downloading on um, addictedtowingchun.com right now, I saw I saw one of Adam's videos before, and I said, "Okay." I, I took a lot of inspiration while writing that ebook from from that one video. Thank you. So, Thank thanks, you. man. Thanks for that. No, very grateful. Oh, it's good to hear. It. You're welcome. That's inspiring. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, guys, check out his uh, his website, pragmatic pragmaticmartialarts.com and his YouTube channel. He's doing a lot of very, very useful uh, videos, especially if you want to use Wing Chun in a very realistic, raw, and simple way. Adam, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your time. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.